41, the moon is full. You make love very well. You touch me like I touch myself. I like you, mademoiselle. There's nothing I would rather do. They move around just like this. But do I have to dance all night? Do I have to dance all night? Who tell me bird of paradise? Do I have to dance all night? Hello, and welcome back to Lenny and Coco with the Leonard Cohen Podcast. I'm your host, Ned. And I'm your host, Kinley. We're delighted to be back. We're talking about songs from a room. Leonard Cohen's second album, 1969. Uh, side B. Side B of a spare and sparse and scary album. Yeah. <laughs> we love it. Yes. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we, we ran a little long in the last episode, maybe, but we're going to try and keep this one tighter because we've got a screening of Cave and Mrs. Miller to get to yeah. at the lovely Paradise Theater here in Toronto, mm-hmm. and we don't want to miss that no. uh, because our man Leonard Cohen, uh, his music is featured heavily in it, as we talked about last week. Yes. So let's go. Uh, before we get into Side B, though, we're going to talk about um, one review, as we always do. Tell me. Uh, I've found the original Rolling Stone review, Rolling Stone again. Okay. Um, but a different writer. This time we've got a guy named Alec Dubro. Mm-hmm. Alec <laughs> Dubro. Dubro. Okay. He 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 Dubro. Yeah. So, first sentence. Well, it looks like Leonard Cohen's second try won't have them dancing in the streets either. God damn. <laughs> yeah, and actually it says uh, lawn yard. What? No, it says Lonnyard, not Leonard. It says Lonnyard. Lonnyard. <laughs> I don't know if that's just a, a typo on the website maybe, only, or maybe. if it was in the original one, Damn. and they just like are faithfully recreating it. But it says Lonnyard. <laughs> um, seems to be uh, willfully missing the point. It, uh, he's. Just we're not. Str- we're not trying to make people dance in the streets here. That's not the goal. Yeah. No. Well, that. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing too. But also, and if you like, just mean like celebrating, then yeah, okay. But I mean, we are we're dancing. Yeah, he's just <laughs> striking out with Rolling Stone. It would seem Cohen can't sing. Period. That's another quotation. That Ooh. that wasn't me. See, this is what I I got into this a little bit um, with songs of Larry Cohen, and I just as as you pointed out, yes, a limited instrument, but I think he he knows what he can do. And with that, he does it well. Yeah. Uh, Alec Dubrow addresses this exact point. He says, okay. uh, the man knows his limits, but why he wants us to know them as well is a mystery or something to that effect. I don't have the exact quote written down. Okay. But uh, yeah, that's that's his not, take. Yeah, I'm not thrilled by that take. <laughs> it's, it's not all bad. He praises the arrangements and says that the record grows on you. Mm-hmm. Um, though he also gets some digs in on Leonard's uh, quote sophomoric poetry, which, like, if you were like an English professor who studies, you know, T.S. Eliot or Wordsworth or uh-huh. Shakespeare, yeah, then maybe I'd be willing to listen to that a little bit. 
But you're writing for Rolling Stone. It's like, what are you listening to? Mm-hmm. What is the... like? It's like there was a review of Mad Men that criticized it for being too simple and obvious. And it's like, oh, man, really? show me the TV you're watching. I want it. Yeah. <laughs> like, what could what could you want yeah like there isn't better poetry out there in rock adjacent music except for maybe bob dylan yeah that's it also can you really call it sophomoric if he's a poet outside of just his songwriting uh yeah i mean it's like people love it he he mentions his poetry as being uh extremely saleable so i guess he's looking down on his poetry because people like it, which is, uh, you <laughs> <Wow>. know, <laughs> yeah, it's hard enough time being poetry for some little words. Mm-hmm. I think, I think we should, uh, we should give them a break. Absolutely. Especially when it's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he, uh, towards the end, he says the predominant mood of the album is one of nostalgia and a rather wistful tenderness. And to someone who can relate to this sort of mood, the album would be appreciated. Huh. Well, I, I can relate to the mood. Yeah. Of uh, nostalgia and a wistful tenderness. That's that's how I spend most of my days. For sure. <laughs> but I also find that a little strange, though, because I don't think that really like encapsulates the entire album. Yeah. it's uh, He's missing out on like the uh, the darkness. For, for sure. sure. Absolutely. Yeah. It almost sounds like he's talking about the first album. Yeah. 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 All right. What's his name? Do bro. Do bro. Yeah. He he's, he's doing bro. <laughs> he's on the enemies list. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, well, yeah. So overall, maybe Rolling Stone is slightly warming to Leonard Cohen compared to the first one. Sure. It's hard to say. Maybe we'll see next week. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll be on an entirely different publication. Who knows? Uh, for sure. But for now, we're going to move on to side B and that begins with a song called the old revolution. Yeah. This one, uh, Sure paints a grim picture. It sure has a jaw harp. I do, and, it, and it has a jaw <laughs> harp. Uh, I just for for those who haven't um, heard this album or specifically heard this song, I just want to um, start with the the opening verse of this. <clears throat> I finally broke into the prison. I found my place in the chain. Even damnation is poisoned with rainbows. Which that start is enough to just make me go, <laughs> oh my god! But then it continues. All the brave young men, they're waiting now to see a signal which some killer will be lighting for pay. Into this furnace, I ask you now to venture. You whom I cannot betray. Damn. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, this song's great. Yeah, it's very striking. Yeah. Um, this is another one where I'm going to have trouble... If I try to talk too much about what it means, like okay. a bunch of lonesome heroes. Yeah. This one this one has more direct connection to my brain than a bunch of lonesome heroes did. I, I yeah. feel like I can get a, a stronger idea, but I don't have any kind of uh, in total summation of the song by any means. No, um, I wouldn't say that for me either. We're clearly starting with someone who's repentant uh, about something. Mm-hmm. They're, they're purposely breaking into a, a prison. They're seeking punishment. Yeah. They fought in the old revolution. I love this. This is so very Leonard Cohen. We're in 1969, post-Summer of Love, peak hippiedom, end of the 60s with the civil rights and just uh, huge amounts of social change. Yeah. And Leonard Cohen says, I fought in the old revolution on the side of the ghost and the king. Mm. 
great. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what we make of it. I don't think he's saying that he hates the changes of the sixties. Mm-hmm. Um, from everything I understand, Leonard Cohen is a open-minded man who believes in equality. Yeah. So I think it's, uh, a little more metaphorical than that. Sure. Um, some suggest the songs from a point of view of a war criminal or even specifically uh, a Nazi. Wow. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely hard to to sort of separate it from the imagery of, you know, into this furnace, I ask you now to venture. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, do, I don't know. I also don't really have a clear um, yeah. specific idea, the big even question... in my own mind, about... The big question is who the you is when he says into this furnace, I ask you now to venture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and in the final verse, the final verse is all directed to a you, presumably the same you. Uh, it says, yes, you who are broken by power, you who are absent all day, you who are kings for the sake of your children's story. So he does seem to be talking to people like he was in Song of Isaac who are at the top of society. Uh-huh. Um, whatever the modern day equivalent of Kings is. Yeah. Um, and these are people whose souls have been crushed by their own wealth and power. Yeah. And are perhaps no longer relevant in a changed world. Mm-hmm. Um, so it does seem that the, whether it's a war criminal or a Nazi or whatever, it definitely seems uh, this is like a character song, not yes. Leonard Cohen himself. For sure. But I always picture it more of uh much older than World War II. And maybe it's just because he says the old revolution. Right, yeah. But I get like a sense of like a European, like French revolution, or maybe even older, like a medieval kind of thing. Right. Uh, That's just the sense I get, partly from the music. um, Well, the music in this one's interesting. um, Yeah. Because it, I I find it, it kind of contrasts with (laughs) the the tone of the lyrics. It doesn't feel... um, so dark it feels kind of light honestly yeah i know what you mean yeah. there's uh and i don't mean light in terms of like brightness i mean in terms of weight yeah 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 there's the the bass is very like um uh sort of it moves around a lot mm-hmm. um it's it bouncy sort of mm-hmm. uh and then there's an organ that is very i mean i would i have it in my notes that it's haunting but at the same time it is kind of uh lilting um mm. it sounds a bit like a choir sometimes yes, and, it, and it's very it uh it's very delicate yeah i really like the the use of the the organ and yeah. the electric organ in this one yeah yeah and of course the jaw harp this might be the most jaw harp dependent of all the songs you think so I, yeah i think it really makes the sound it's uh mm. that drone yeah in there is it's great yeah cool i always um just to point out a very singular element of the song, I always love it when the melody marries really perfectly, in my opinion anyway, to a lyric. Like the melody just really evokes the feeling of that specific line. And for mm. me, it's um, I can't pretend I still feel very much like singing. Mm. It just always sounds exactly the way it's meant to. Yeah, I know what you mean, actually. Yeah. I really like the refrain the into this furnace i ask you now to venture yes you whom i cannot betray i wish i knew more uh, about music theory to my ear it sounds like the vocal melody is on a bit of a strange scale there or a strange mode oh. it might just be like a blues scale i don't know but it, whatever it is it sounds uh 
really satisfying to me and the yeah. way when he the, the way he uh elongates venture especially mm, yes and, and those descending notes yeah it's, it's very uh evocative it's great yeah yeah moving on the butcher yeah um the guitar in this one what a turn yeah, this is very unusual. Yeah, we for got Leonard it's, Cohen. It's so different. Yeah, this is it's just a straight kind of hacking acoustic blues. Yeah. A style that had largely been abandoned by popular music uh in the wake of the folk revival. Mm-hmm. Like this is you hear on like early Bob Dylan stuff. I was going to say it has thing. it has more of like a Bob Dylan feel to it. Yeah. Yeah. It works. He pulls yeah. it off. Uh, Absolutely. I think it's great. Yeah. Um and maybe this is a good time to talk about um the fact that Leonard Cohen uses a classical guitar. Oh, okay. Because uh, I don't think we have yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it was any kind of intentional choice for his sound or if that's just the guitar he always had. That seems more likely. Right. Uh, but you could hardly make a better choice if you wanted to stand out from the crowd of folk adjacent singer songwriters. Because I think they're all, uh, every big one is using. Uh, the other kind of guitar. I don't actually know what the standard guitar is called. Is it a no. Western guitar? I don't know. And is is the difference in like the build of it? Because like it's the same. It's still a six string guitar, right? The biggest difference is the nylon strings oh. uh, instead of the steel strings. Oh, okay. Um, and that kind of it's kind of a slippery sound, you might say. Interesting. It's a bit looser. Yeah. Um, one of the uh, session musicians on this album talked about how he even played the classical classical guitar differently than most people, that it was tuned lower. I don't know if that's oh true, but he said it. it's almost, the strings are looser even, so it's got a, oh. a more of a, not twangy in the sense of country music, but just a very vibrate sort of sound well that i mean <laughs> if that is true i would say like that that sound comes through on this song especially mm-hmm. yeah 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 the strings are just uh flapping around <laughs> yeah um what what do you uh make of this one lyrically or do you have thoughts on any specific lyrics in this one uh yeah this song seems much more parsable than the last one uh it seems to me a pretty straightforward metaphor about God and how we deal with the fact that he allows evil things to happen. A question that never goes out of style. (laughs) Yeah. No, Um, it doesn't. We never seem to get an answer. Although in this song, God does answer. Um, Yeah. So yeah, we have the singer comes upon a butcher and accuses him because he's slaughtering a, a sweet little cute little lamb. No. Uh, and the butcher, who I'm going to say is a metaphor for God, he says, listen to me, child. I am what I am. This is uh, God's catchphrase. I didn't even, <laughs> you know what? That didn't even click with me because I know I'd heard that, but I forgot. This is just God's stock answer. to Yes. The, <laughs> if you come up with a complaint to God, he's just, hey. Hey. <laughs> I am what I am. Although it's pretty weird if you think about it, because it kind of implies that someone else made him this way. You know? Yeah. Him and Popeye. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Popeye made God. Popeye's the, the extra layer of God. Oh, my God. And then maybe more interestingly, in later verses, uh, he says, Listen to me. I go round and round. 
and you, you are my only child. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I kind of like that. It's like, uh, God is good and evil, death and life. He's the whole cycle of everything. Mm. You are my only child. Is he, is it like, you're my only child. You ought to love me. Or is it like, uh, you are my only child. I need you, which is not usually how you would think of God. No. But then in the very end of the song, we seem to be getting God's perspective because it says, lead on my son. And previously we've had God referring to the singer as my only child. Mm -hmm. But he says, do not leave me now. Do not leave me now. Like God is desperately pleading for people not to leave him, which is not the, not what you usually picture God doing. But no. it kind of makes sense in a, a world that's turning away from God. And it's uh, it's quite a moving idea if that is what Len is going for. Yeah. Well, I, I, I will be, um, for the sake of transparency, I will say I actually did not make the connection to God in this one. And if Ned, you would be so kind as to scroll up for me. Yeah. If we go up to verse one, it starts with, I came upon a butcher. He was slaughtering a lamb. And so there's this lack of a personal relationship. It's a butcher. There's no relationship between these two people. And then later the butcher in quotations says, you know, and you are my only son mm. indicating there is a relationship. Right. And so my question is with the narrator saying, you know, I came upon a butcher. Was that an intentional sort of pejorative declaration of just referring to them as a butcher rather than establishing any sort of relationship or is there just a lack of recognition of the fact that like there is a relationship between us whether that's the relationship of god and you know one of his children right yeah i almost thought uh you can see it as the singer comes upon a butcher and asks him and then surprise god, <laughs> god yeah. answers through the butcher oh um it might also just be a totally like metaphorical butcher yeah and so it was always just a conversation with god right but yeah that's interesting yeah um i love the way he says round and round in this song uh-huh uh for a long time i listening to this album in earlier years i really liked this song but pretty much just for that one it was one of those songs where you, there's that one moment that gets you oh is that right i go round and round yeah sounds great yeah cool yeah also uh when he says was i supposed to praise my lord make some kind of joyful sound is great yeah that's, that's great uh, i do love that and i mean it's that's of course that's everybody's question to what we see in the world um in that verse, I saw some flowers growing up where that lamb fell down. And so it's like, yeah, okay. We get something nice out of a sad, bad thing. Uh-huh. But like, come on, God. You yeah. still made the lamb die. I, I Yeah, I think that's probably my favorite um, verse in the song. Yeah. I do I do really love that. And uh, yeah, it's a good it's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tough song. Yeah. And speaking of God, we move on to track eight. You know who I am. Mm. Leonard okay. Cohen loves this song, I think. Oh, yeah. It's on like every live recording of this oh. early era. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. This one, this one really fascinates me. And again, like coming in with God and like I didn't necessarily even grasp that. 
I found it very, I found it lyrically like very mysterious. Mm. Um, and I mean, I, yeah, the verses are not uh, an obvious connection really to God. Most of them, some of them are like when he says, I need you to kill a child. <laughs> We've been there before. But, yes, we uh, sure have. But a lot of them seem to be directed more at a lover. Well, that's well, because I, I have um, in quotations the I believe it's the yeah, it's the first verse. I cannot follow you, my love. You cannot follow me. I am the distance you put between all the moments we will be. That is that is so gorgeous. And <laughs> there's so much going on in there that I don't even know, like, what to do with it. Yeah, no, that's a tough one. Yeah, I love it, though. Yeah. And even the refrain. Of you, you know who I am. You've stared at the sun. Well, I am the one who loves changing from nothing to one. I love this refrain. Yeah. Um, Beautiful. I mean, so many ancient cultures thought that the sun was the major god, mm. the biggest god. And it's right. not hard to see why. Yeah. And if, yeah. So if God says, you know who I am, you've stared at the sun. That's, <laughs> if you've stared at the sun, you've, you've seen what I am. Yeah. It's such a chilling idea yeah because of course the sun makes life possible exactly but it can be just as destructive as constructive and if you stare at it you will lose your eyesight yeah um yeah it's very ominous Mm -hmm. i do find maybe that this song is a better poem then song interesting and i feel bad saying it because (laughs) leonard seems to love it so much but i think that the music is just missing that note of like depth and darkness to it isn't that i just wish there was something else there i don't know what exactly sometimes the there's in some live recordings the organ part seems to get closer to what i'm talking about Okay. And the guitar is kind of pointing there, especially the bit it does right at the end. That sort of like creepy crawly kind of riff it does. Uh Uh-huh. But overall, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it doesn't feel as powerful as I want it to. That's interesting. I I, I don't know. I I would say I probably don't feel exactly that way. I made a note of how I I thought the music um, really helps sort of like aid the mood of the the song yeah i think i i think it i think it works i don't know uh i guess like you i don't know what else what the missing element would be what it would need to create a fullness i almost feel like it's just in too high of a key maybe oh okay uh, we seem to be missing some low end mm. i don't think his voice has as much gravity mm. as it sometimes does and it might be just because he's up closer to the top of his range you know that's uh that's an interesting point i don't know if i necessarily agree but i think that is um a compelling argument you make but again as a poem fantastic yeah um the idea of i am the one who loves changing from nothing to one as a description of god yeah i mean you can't really get more essential than that you know that's just if God does anything, it's uh, turning absolute nothing into something. Yeah. Which no one else can do. D- yeah. God knows. <laughs> God knows. Yeah. 
yeah, just a little detail. The only other thing I wanted to say was um, in verse two, just from a production point where they just add that second layer of his voice that's slightly oh, yeah, delayed yeah. underneath and I need you to kill a child and just chilling. Yeah. <laughs> it's just chilling. It's, it's so it's, it's an interesting choice. Yeah. Cause it's nowhere else. No. On this whole record. Yeah. It always just sounds like he's singing right. I was almost like there's no microphone even. He's just singing to you. Yeah. Uh, in a room. But then, yeah, I don't, it's, it's a strong choice mm-hmm. of Bob Johnston. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, this is another song that is hard to talk about. Maybe it's like God. It just contains itself within itself. Yes. And us pitiful little humans aren't really going to add much <laughs> to it. No. No matter how much we talk about it. As much as we might try. Yeah. Oh. We'll get there one day. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll move on. Okay. To, uh, I think, an easier song to grasp, maybe. Mm. Uh, This is Lady Midnight. It's a song about Leonard Cohen defeating death by being sexy as fuck. Okay. Yes. That checks out. I'm going to let you take the lead on this one. Sure. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so... The lyrics take us on the journey. A man dies. There seems to be a sexy female personification of death who he argues with. Uh-huh. Um, but she says, no, you can't go back home unless perhaps you seduce me. And so he proceeds to do this. I want to love this song. Because I think that's such a fun idea for a song. Mm-hmm. It's wild. It's great. It frustrates me because he doesn't say how he seduces her. Maybe that's he's just true. being too much of a gentleman. But it just jumps straight from, okay, well, she tells him to just win me or lose me. Yeah. This is what the darkness is for, which is like just a quick aside that is like, whoa. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, and he says, I cried, oh, lady midnight, I fear that you grow old. The stars eat your body and the wind makes you cold. Ugh. If we cry now, she said, it will just be ignored. So I walked through the morning, sweet early morning. Then all of a sudden, it's just, I could hear my lady calling, you've won me, you've won me, my lord. Is it because he walks away? Yeah. Is it actually, he doesn't seduce her? Okay, well, b- before we get into that, I just want to say, sometimes... um. I am not like Ned in the sense that, like, I don't feel I always have, like, the greatest grasp of um, poetry. And sometimes I feel out of my element and I get worried if I cling on to a certain interpretation. I'm like, oh, God, like, what if I'm what if I'm wrong? As if, like, there's, you know, supposed to be a very specific oh, idea. Oh, do you have a whole other what... interpretation? No, I don't. Oh, okay. What I was going to say is, like, I did think, like, oh, there's a song, like, about, like, an afterlife. And I was like, no, he wouldn't do, he wouldn't <laughs> delve into that. But then, but then hearing you saying that, I was like, oh, thank God. And so now I'm not really answering your question, but all I'm going to say is like, I maybe perhaps for different reasons, but I'm not crazy about this song. It's I, not the best one. I, I don't, I don't love this one. I just, I, musically, this one doesn't do a lot for me. 
and it's very straightforward yeah and i think to your point yeah it just it's a very sudden turn to just a resolution where we don't really understand how we got yeah i think how we got there i really do think we're missing a verse here sadly um not literally i just mean like i wish there was another verse oh okay yeah yeah (laughs) I also really wonder listening to this. I tried looking it up. I couldn't find really anything about Leonard Cohen and the movies to the point where like maybe he just wasn't very interested in movies. Although uh, that seems strange. Oh. Um, but anyway, I bring this up because I really wondered if he had seen Jean Cocteau's Orpheus. Uh, oh. It's not exactly the same plot, but in that movie we have a famous poet who's brought to the under- underworld by a sexy female personification of death. And the song really just like puts me in the mindset of that film. In fact, the song just kind of makes me wish I was watching that film. Yeah. Uh, Cause it's a uh, undeniably a more complete vision of that idea. Um, but yeah, it's uh yeah, musically, there's not too much interesting going on. It's pleasant. Yeah, it's fine. There's a nice <laughs> waltz and bass going around. It's another song where we have an acoustic guitar, a bass, and an organ comes in. Yes. Very lightly, halfway yes. through. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I do think the vocal melody is really nice on this. Um, yes, yeah, like it is. lullaby-esque, which is <laughs> sort of nice when if theme is death. It's yeah. like... Sort of a nice way to look at death. If, you, if you're just uh, being sung to sleep by Leonard Cohen, that'd be an okay way to go. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, I think uh, that's Lady Midnight. It's uh, it's a bit of a failed experiment, maybe. Mm. It's not quite there. Yeah, just for me, this this is the one on the album that I, I, I think I tend to feel the least compelled to, to go back and listen to. I would say I would rather listen to this than it seems so long ago, Nancy. But... Mm. <laughs> Maybe that's the only one. Okay. Okay, but now we get to track 10. Tonight will be fine. Yeah, this is an interesting one. Oh boy, do I love this song. Well, it's... Okay, and you know what? I I love that because this... In a way, this song reminds me a lot of you. Oh, and I can't explain it. I love it. that. <laughs> but like... <laughs> and it's also just... Uh, my first note is, is this the most straightforward Leonard Cohen song? Yeah, it's definitely up there, yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I think it's great. When I a little while ago I made like a top ten Leonard Cohen songs list. I was trying to maybe uh, do a little write up to maybe be in some shitty online music magazine or whatever. Mm-hmm. Didn't happen. But anyway, so I was thinking very seriously about top ten Leonard Cohen songs. They will probably change by the time we do our ranking once we <laughs> once we've got through this whole project. Oh my god. Um. But at the time, anyway, I had this at number 11. Oh, okay. And I was so mad that I couldn't get it snuck in there. <laughs> but that just shows how many great songs I, Leonard Cohen has. Yes. But yeah, no, this one uh, is a really like personal favorite. Um, I love the contrast in it between the ascetic life that is depicted with the sort of like rolling... Uh, good time charlie sound that we got uh-huh this is the only song where you can be like oh you set out to make a country and western record and you almost maybe sort of did a little bit oh yeah yeah <laughs> that bass the the walking bass line is super country yeah the guitar is still just doing his uh 
fast finger picking yes, style. Yes, it is. And we talked last week about uh, whether that could sound very different between songs. And what do you know? It does. Yeah, it here. looks like I'm getting slowly <laughs> but surely proven wrong on this podcast. I oh, mean, well. I think that the partisan still sounds pretty much like the ones from Songs of Leonard Cohen. Uh-huh. But in this one, all of a sudden, it sounds really different. Yeah, um, that's true. I don't know exactly why, if it's if it's just the bass is making such a difference here. Probably, honestly, yeah. 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 Yeah, it's the, it's the second verse especially that is everything to me and uh mm. i think to this album too given that it's called songs from a room and we have the picture of the room on the back which as we mentioned was uh very bare and sparsely furnished and decorated yeah. so verse two is i choose the rooms that i live in with care the windows are small and the walls almost bare there's only one bed and there's only one prayer i listen all night for your step on the stair yeah that is great. Yeah. There's a there's a year of my life that I call the year that I became myself. And uh, in it I lived in a very small room and I oh, listened yeah. <laughs> I listened to almost nothing but Bob Dylan and Leonard Cohen that oh whole year. God. Uh this album being one of the big ones. I just uh yeah, I think this verse specifically is so responsible for at least some portion of my self-image. Uh, I loved at the time thinking of myself as an artist working away in some bare Spartan room somewhere, uh, having everything that I needed just provided in my mind or I mean almost everything because actually a lover in the night approaching was as important as the poetry. Yeah. And even today I'm still attracted to the idea of a bare room and no distractions. Mm. And that sort of Spartan lifestyle, as obviously Leonard was too, as we talked about, he became a Buddhist monk. Right. I don't know if it's right to say he became a Buddhist monk. He lived the life of a Buddhist monk for uh -huh. a while, which is maybe the most extreme example of this way of life mm -hmm. in which the mind becomes as bare as the room. Yeah. Uh, I'm going it, to, it's funny because you you saying all that like that so checks out like that sort of self-identification with with the song and i'm gonna move on to a bit of flattery here oh boy <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. um so well first of all i want to talk about the the third verse actually this one tickles me just because it starts off with this sort of cheeky laugh oh i love it oh it's so good when someone laughs when they're singing a song yeah. and this one is so little it's so tiny it's but... very tiny and then he moves in into this i'll i'll just go into the third verse oh sometimes i see her undressing for me she's the soft naked lady love meant her to be and she's moving her body so brave and so free if i've got to remember that's a fine memory and great last line there oh well okay so um our uh our friend ned here uh, he's written some music in this time and for me because obviously this is my first time hearing this song listening to it this week if you had put that last line into one of your songs if you had plagiarized leonard cohen <laughs> i would have never known I would have totally that to me that for some reason that line is like, so you like that mm. is something that I could have seen you writing. I wish. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just I love that. I, I just love it. Yeah, it's such a cheeky. It's such a cheeky little line. Yeah, it's so sweet. No, yeah, it, it's it's great. Yeah. Um, 
And yeah, I love the chorus here too. Uh, and I know from her eyes and I know from her smile that tonight we'll be fine. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. For a while. <laughs> it's like, God damn it, Leonard. It's like, this yeah. is the happiest song you can, <laughs> you can possibly muster with all your energy. Yeah. But it's only for a while. It's still temporary. Yeah. Let's not get it twisted here. Just for a while. Yeah. And uh, I also wanted to note, because I, I mentioned about, you know, the, the parallels between um, Stranger Song and The Partisan. Mm. We also have the last song on the album that ends with whistling in the recording. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's like a weird mirror version of the end. Of yeah. One of Us Cannot Be Wrong. And in, in that one, we had um, just a desperate man howling. Yeah for his life yes and here we've just got just a a lovely calm little <laughs> do do doing of the melody and then a whistle yeah uh, it's, just a it's cute, so nice it's, it's just like a cute little love song yeah it's the difference between like on the one hand it's like a life and death matter of searching for the right words and coming up empty mm-hmm. and just like a primal scream yeah and on the other hand a sort of acceptance and acknowledgement that sometimes words aren't going to do justice to a feeling and that's okay. And yeah. you just got a whistle. Yeah. Tonight we'll be fine for a while. Yeah. But it's, it's great. Cause it's, it's, you know, we've talked about the sort of difference, some differences musically with this album, but this is a sort of interesting difference lyrically. Mm. Just that it's more just, it's straight to the point. Yeah, there isn't one line on here that we're doing the thing of like, I don't know what this means, but it sounds great. We're yeah, I mean, like, we, I, we've we also talked about the most lyrics in yeah. this song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although we haven't mentioned the first verse, which is also great. Go on. Um, we swore to each other then that our love would surely last. You kept right on loving. I went on a fast. Now I am too thin and your love is too vast. Oh. Such a unexpected kind of image. Yeah. Yeah. Um, great well yeah it really works well and especially like to think about leonard as like this ascetic artist type Mm -hmm. living in this little room and he's probably like only eating like a grape a day yeah and so it's just him being too thin is just really fits in with the whole idea of the song and being like enveloped yeah yeah great song yeah tonight will be fine yeah Tonight has been fine. <laughs> and with that, we uh, we conclude side B. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. What's uh, What are your overall thoughts on Songs from a Room? Well, let me tell you. I, I did go on a bit of a journey with this one. Um, I think, you know, I think it was actually the night I left here recording uh, our first two episodes. And I decided I'm going to listen to this on the way home. And the first time it didn't click with me. And I think I was just carrying this idea of like, I had to like accept this idea that, oh yeah, we're, we're moving away from songs of Leonard Cohen now. Right. And this is going to be something different. I think I was, I was clinging on to, I wanted it too much to be the same feeling, the same sort of, you know, what have you. Um, and then giving it more of a listen. I think it was doing something different. I think it also works basically just as well. I think this is also an excellent album. I mean, Bird on a Wire is absolutely beautiful. Again, you've got the the leading song on the album that just works very well. I I I mean, not that this really matters. I still wouldn't say 
I favor this to Songs of Leonard Cohen, but that hardly matters because mm-hmm. I think this is a, an album with many merits and I also think is uh, wonderful. What do you think? Yeah, I love this one. Um, I was finding weirdly that trying to think more deeply about these songs in some cases made me wonder if they were not quite as good mm-hmm. as I had previously thought. Okay. Which is not what I expected to happen. Right. But perhaps I was just bumping up against uh, me not being able to fully understand what Leonard Cohen is trying to do yeah. with some of these songs. But overall, yeah, I love it. You've got Bird on a Wire, Story of Isaac, mm-hmm. The Partisan. Oh, The Partisan. Yeah. I love The Old Revolution and The Butcher both. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Tonight Will Be Fine. Yeah. You can't argue with with that yeah <laughs> those are fantastic songs yeah um, and i also just love that he would have the i was gonna say courage it's almost not it's like he was compelled to follow up this like lovely romantic album songs of leonard cohen that everyone loved because it was I mean, I'm not trying to talk down songs of Leonard Cohen mm-hmm. at all, um, but it's just something that is more like universal, universally lovable. Yes. Uh, the sentiments of the song. That's true. And more in tune with its time and the scene mm-hmm. that he was part of. And so then to turn around and do this as the second album, uh, I think it's great. Just this, uh, just a bunch of stories about god and death and yeah fear and, and war yeah yeah it's really interesting so i like it yeah well <laughs> well done leonard it's a good room they're good songs yes it's a good album. good room to make songs from uh so the last thing we like to do here on lenny and coco is arbitrarily decide <laughs> <laughs> way too early whether this is a uh top half or a bottom half album in uh leonard cohen's career um this is just the studio albums right. we're talking about uh otherwise it's going to get too complicated um so yeah kinley what do you think is it better than half of leonard cohen's albums this is the point where it starts getting scarier yeah. you know i felt very secure with songs of leonard cohen being like yeah this has got to be in the top half and my opinion of this is it's probably in the top half i just don't know what's coming but mm-hmm. I I would say I think this one uh, likely belongs in the top half. Yeah. I think what we need to do is when we get to the end of the albums. Yeah. We'll have to make a ranking that honors what we've chosen as top half and bottom half. Wait, what do you mean? Like once we finish, you'll have to make a ranking of your of the albums. Oh, yeah, yeah. But you won't be able to change your mind about what was top half and bottom half. Oh my god, this is just this is just like TikTok. I know you've never been on TikTok, but there's like a trend that happens with like certain filters where it'll show like different um albums, let's say, and it's like, "All right, I'm blind blind ranking these albums." And so the first one comes up and you're like, "Let's put that at number 3," and then it just keeps going oh, and okay. you have a list by the end that you may or may not agree with. Perfect. So, thank you TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start a new a new trend. Hey. Do it over the course of a year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> 16 albums. Um yeah, I, for, for a second I doubted myself. I'd always been like top half, of course. And then for a second I was like, what if it's not? 
but I mean, I'm, you've heard you've heard them all. But I'm still going. <laughs> yeah, but I'm trying not to think too much about it. Okay. About what about what's coming? Yeah. And I'm going top half. All right. I love it. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I was in a negative mood today. I was thinking uh I was giving too much weight to the songs that were uh not quite doing it for me. Uh-huh. And forgetting how important to me the songs that do work for me are. Yes. So, remembering that top half. We're top half in it today, folks. Great. That's a top and a top. Yep. Just two tops making a podcast. <laughs> oh my god, we we are well anyway. <laughs> Leonard Cohen was a top, probably, yeah. almost certainly, yeah, for yeah. Sure. Wow. Although, probably willing to experience the range of possibilities. Yeah. Okay. I, I and, mean, well, anyway, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> any any more divulgence of details a little too personal. So let's uh, let's end it there. <laughs> okay. Good night, everybody. Thanks for coming along. We'll see you next week with songs of love and hate. Thank you so much for tuning in. See you next week. Bye bye. Bye. Good night, friends. Thank you very much.